Hello, my name is Bryony Perdue. I'm coming to you from the UK. I am talking to Rick Flynn about my new single, Vet. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Rick Flynn. With a shout out from London Town, it's Rick Flynn presents. Now, ladies and gentlemen, your MC for the affair, Rick Flynn. Hi, everyone, and welcome. I want to say a special hello to all of our friends out in the UK, because today I have a brand new singing sensation I have never interviewed in the UK. This is her first appearance, Bryony Purdue, and the new single from Bryony is entitled Vexed, and it will be impacting March 19, 2008. 22. Bryony, usually I'm in the rearage and I'm trying to catch up. Something's wrong. I'm actually on time today. And by the time this show airs, we'll be ahead of the impacting date. Unlike Christmas, where I only do four shows, one a week, and everybody wants on to promote their material and I can't get it all on. So I'm backwards, but now I'm caught up. Do you happen to know what's wrong with me to be on the schedule? Bryony, come on in here. I think you're starting the year as you mean to go on, Rick. There we go. It is a pleasure, ma'am, to meet you. What part of the UK might you be from? Well, what part am I from? I grew up in Scotland and then my family moved down to the southwest rural Dorset. And now I live in London and I went to uni for a bit in Wales. So really, except for Ireland, I've kind of a bit from everywhere. Right. Now, Scotland, that's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, isn't the average white band from Scotland? Yes, I think they are. Yes. I believe they are because they had the Dundee horns. A number of good bands. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, they're not the only ones. Indeed, I Oh, I listened to all 10 albums by by the AWB. <laughs> yeah, they were one of Scotland's finest acts, I thought. And still, uh, Stephen Farone, their drummer, has been with me a lot, and I just value his expertise and his great talent. He later went on to play with Tom Petty, if you're familiar with Mr. Petty, the late Tom Petty, who we miss greatly. Indeed, in this- I am. Oh, he was excellent. Oh, he's played with everybody. George Harrison from the Beatles. He toured with Eric Clapton. He played with Duran Duran. Yes. Played with everybody. I was recording Learning to Fly yesterday, actually, for uh, for another project. I was recording some vocals on Learning to Fly. So, yes, I know. I know uh, Tom Petty. uh, We miss him. cover of that as well. Yes, he was from a town called Gainesville, Florida, and that all started with a group that he had many years ago. They were called Mud Crutch. <laughs> and that's what they were called. I had nothing to do with it, but I certainly watched his rise to fame. And of course, he had um, he just had a following that was absolutely amazing. And I, I just watched the whole thing, the whole thing grow. His initial drummer was a guy named Stan Lynch that was with him for years. And then he went off and did other things. I heard actually he had 
done some corporate work even. But then Stephen Ferrone took his place and was with Petty's band for 25 years. So, yes, I've liked Tom Petty. I like the average white band from Scotland. I'm very delighted to meet you, ma'am. And you went to uni in London? Both Wales and London. I started a degree in French and Italian to get a quote-unquote real job. Um, So that didn't work out because I knew that I was missing music and missing performing. So I then left that uh, that degree on French and Italian in Wales and I moved back home and I got taken under the wing of this amazing singing teacher who got me up to scratch to audition for Music College Conservatoire here in London and I spent four very happy years studying opera of all beginnings for a pop and rock singer um, so I spent four very happy years here studying that and I am still in Greenwich in southeast London so waving at the Greenwich across the pond as well <laughs> Oh, yes, that's definitely, definitely we have Greenwich Village in uh, New York. Indeed, I've stayed there. Oh, yes. And the I heard that you were doing a lot of studio work over there as a vocalist in England. Would that be correct? It is, yes. I think over the last few years, I've um, through that training, through that course, uh, I met a lot of musicians who have since booked me to do session work. I gig around town. I write with my band. I write my own music. I write for other people. And really, I mean, this afternoon, I've been recording from my my little home studio and sending off vocal takes for this, that and the other. So it's all, I do, I do love it. And I do like my life. I have to say, I feel very lucky. Right. What did I hear you say about the world of Vexed? It's getting exciting or something to that effect? Oh, yes, it is. Yes. The, um, this past week has been great because with the, so the EP three tracks is called Vexed. And that, that is also, as you say, the title of the single. Um, and it's been, it's been brewing for a while and I released it in November and I had a proper online strategy to get it out to reach as wide an audience as possible. And that idea has just been needing to get out there for so long that it feels great that it's now out in the world and doing its thing. And the next, um, the last couple of weeks I signed with a great management team and the next few weeks I've got a few more radio interviews and plans to be made for finishing off the whole album. I mean, it's just, it's kicking off, Rick. It's great. I think it's marvelous because when they ask, could I be part of the USA slash UK team to help you promote this single? Naturally, I wanted to hear the single, obviously. And, but when I heard mm-hmm. it, it is a catchy little tune it is very well sung it's got that hook quality to it that i like it is simple and it is not overly produced it is uh, if you don't mind my saying i believe this single is very good to attract the masses it has a hook quality about it that i like are you hearing this from others I do not mind hearing that at all. I mean, obviously, um, it's something which has come from an idea that I've had, a thought I've had. And so that coming out and resonating with other people, I I keep hearing great feedback about it. And it makes it very exciting. I think songwriting, you can very much get overcomplicated and go down the rabbit hole a bit. 
And of course, it's great fun to do that. And that's part of the process. But this one was a lightning bolt moment. The idea came into my head and I couldn't get out of mine. So it's really great to hear that that is uh, coming across to other people too. Absolutely. It is a wonderful single, everyone. It is entitled Vexed. And with your permission, Briani, what I thought I would do is right here on the Facebook page for our podcast, as well as on my personal page, I was going to place the Vexed video that you have on this single on there, if you wouldn't mind. I don't think you would. I do not. No, that's great. Please. Right. You have a nice video on it, and the audio only really is telling the exact same story without the pictures. And it is about a young lady, I would say, who is stating the lyric directly to your mother or to a fictional mom. <laughs> what is the connection between you? Uh, no, wait, let me backpedal. Did you write the song yourself? Was it you and your husband? H- how did that co- Who wrote it? Me. I wrote the uh, I wrote the lyrics and the melody, and then I took it into the studio, and we developed some of the other bits. But really, the idea, that lyric idea and that opening hook, that was that all came at once in one go. And the sort of, the idea is, is I've got a great relationship with my mother. I've got a great relationship with my family. I'm very lucky. But the frustration of being encouraged to, by society, I suppose, to to follow a path that doesn't feel natural to you. And having listened to a bunch of blues music around the time that I wrote Vex, there's a lot of mama and that in the music. And I wanted to draw from that. And as I say, I didn't I didn't have to think through it too much. It just came out and uh, it's made me less vexed having got it out. (laughs) Now, am I right that you are a married lady? Not yet. Oh, I am engaged to a wonderful man. (laughs) Does he play the guitar? He sure does. Yeah, he's. He's great, and he's he's playing guitar in the video, actually. Right, and I heard that, and that's why I didn't know if that was your husband. You'll have to excuse me, but he is a good musician regardless. Can we go that far? Oh, he's an exceptional musician. Honestly, sometimes I say to him, you know, I've, I've focused on being a, a singer or a songwriter, and I have absolutely got my strengths, but he, in his own right, he is marvelous and we it's great to be able to create stuff with your you know nearest and dearest it feels really special to be able to perform together exactly and you also and i admire you so much for this but you actually insisted upon not fake but real strings on the recording real authentic players, human beings that are playing the strings, not recordings. Is this a true oh, statement? Yes. Absolutely. My um, my classical training meant that I made some fantastic friends who are incredibly gifted musicians in their own right. And when it came to writing my own music, I hear the whole song, the whole idea how it's going to be before it actually comes to fruition. And then, of course, you get people in and you say, hey, what do you think should go here? What do you feel? what do you you know because everyone's everyone has a different idea and so when when my two friends who recorded this came in to record I had some ideas they had some ideas and what came out are these really strong string lines which really sing through the whole track and the cello on that track was from 1840 so it's pretty incredible You're getting that authentic, high-quality string sound because you have the authentic instruments there, obviously. 
Mm. And the players, more importantly, the players, they are really top-notch. Right, and I have those two players here. And uh, Connor, let me see. It's Christina Cooper Puebla was the cellist. And Neve Sanders played the violin. Okay, there we go. Neve Sanders, Christina Cooper, last name again? Puebla. Puebla. Hmm. Okay, there we are. Yes. Those are the two string players, as you stated earlier. You were classically trained, and that started when? How old were you when you began with your classical training? I came to it very late for most classical singers, and it was all because a teacher heard my voice in the school choir, heard some potential, and then took the time, the effort, the nurturing to bring out that talent. And I just wouldn't be where I am now without her. She's called Leslie Thompson, and she is still a very close friend, and she's just this amazing mentor who, in over the years, has continued to keep me encouraged and inspired by singing and she has made it an act of great enjoyment instead of something which is always you know self-gratifying and selfish it actually feels like something which can bring a little bit of joy to people i think that's marvelous now i read somewhere where you had actually sung ave maria where was that and how did that come into your life? Because that, that is a standard that so many opera singers, if you will, they they love that and they sing that all the time. How did you singing Ave Maria come into your life? Where was that? Well, it's um, I suppose that the, the right question is when, when I got a call to be, a friend of mine recommended me to sing on a commercial. Um, Ave Maria was the song they wanted. And I said, which one? Because there are a couple of well-known ones. If you're a classical singer, you know that there's more than one version. So I sang the couple of lines that would identify which one the commercial producer wanted. And they said that one. And I said, great, I know both. That one's lovely. And then I recorded it with them in a studio uh, for the Warburton bread advert last year and I was with one of your countrymen on the advert George Clooney featured so I'd like to say that's one degree of separation although we never met <laughs> right I am a uh, let me let me state the let me state to you Brioni that Mr. Clooney and I were friends for years until the day <laughs> uh, I'm dead serious. He used to come into the nightclub where I performed. In fact, he was usually oh, yeah. there. He was there about every night. His father was a news anchor that anchored the nightly news. He was a TV presenter right here in the city from which I am speaking to you now. And if you would like to see his mother and father and myself together, if you go to Rick Flynn Presents on my Facebook page and scroll down, you will see Nick, his dad, and Nina, his mom, and myself at a radio station event. And they are just marvelous people for our community. They're very well loved, both of them. And I knew their son because their son would come in, a, a young George Clooney. I did not know this at the time, but actually, <clears throat> he he was a little underage to, 
to be in a 21-year <laughs> and older establishment. But you know what? He never drank the alcohol. He never caused a problem. He always looked good, dressed well. You didn't hear a peep or a problem out of him. He came in there to see his friends and to watch the beautiful women dance. Now, how can you argue with 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 wanting to see the ladies dance, you know? <laughs> no, he sounded he absolutely. He seems like a real gentleman and he seems it was great to be on that because uh, I think that the advert came out the day before his birthday and I had this lovely call from my mum saying, "Are you invited to George Clooney's birthday party?" and I just said, "Yes, of course." And she was so excited. I mean, the noise down the phone was unbelievable. I had to sort of then sort of break it to her that I was I was joking and I hadn't actually been invited to his birthday party. But it was very funny. <laughs> Well, he used to stand right next to the DJ booth where I worked to where if I would have extended my left arm, I would have tapped the guy in the shoulder. And we did that for years because he'd come in. Usually he, he had a job at the time. He was selling women's shoes, if you can believe that, mm -hmm. at one of our major department stores. That department store would close at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Time. And then he would get out of there and he would come to the club because our dance hour, our dance sets did not begin until nine. And it took nine to 10 p.m. to really get the crowd warmed up. So technically, yeah, the, yeah. yeah you've got to get everybody in. You've got to get a drink or two in them. And then by 10 o'clock, they're ready to dance. So it, him getting off work at nine, coming over there before 10 and being able to be in place to where he could get in and not have to wait in line because we always had lines to get mm. in. Usually, 85% of the time, there was an hour or more wait to get in. And then we did this for Ooh. years, and I knew George, but I was older than he. he. I was probably mid to late 20s, and he at that time, I believe, was like 19. He was uh, attending college. And one day after the nightclub was over at 2 a.m. in the morning, and the music stopped. I had a couple of tourists that had come into the town, and they stopped me outside of my DJ booth and said, how, you know, how much of a great time they had. And I met them, and it was great to meet them. And I looked over, and there was George, and he was just standing there patiently waiting his turn. So the tourists left, and over to me walks George, and he shakes my hand. And I said, well, hey, George, good <laughs> to see you. You know, as usual, I mean, it was the exception yeah. that he was not there. The rule was he was yeah. there. He loved this place. It was, it was magnificent. It was the only architectural building built from the ground up, brand new, and designed by an architect specifically to house a DJ, the dance floor, the nightclub, a real conservatory with real plants and a glass ceiling in the middle of the structure. And then on the other side of that authentic conservatory was a beautiful, beautiful restaurant. So it was just a breathtaking place to be. He loved it. And when what he. What was the name of the this name, amazing place? Oh, they've come over here from London, a reporter has, and looked me up. 
and interviewed me. Sit A sit-down interview I did with an interviewer from London who asked me all about it. The name of the place was called The Conservatory. And oh, w- when George... Name. Oh, it was a, we had one plant in there that was valued at over $100,000. It, it had some fancy Latin name to it. Uh, I, I didn't know it then. I couldn't pronounce it then. I don't know it now. There was two of them that were that size in America. It was like three stories high, and it unfolded like a fan, like one of those fans you would hold, a lady would hold in her hand to fan her face. Mm-hmm. This is a, this beautiful, beautiful plant. We had palm trees in there, real palm trees growing, and you cannot grow palm trees in, in, in the Midwest USA where you have snow and ice on the ground. That won't work. But in the conservatory, we grew them, and we had, of course, bought and people come in that would take care of it. And it was just a stunning place. But anyway, that evening that I shook hands with George Clooney, he said, Rick, I just want to thank you for the nights that we've had. I've loved coming in this place. I've had a great time, but I'm sad to tell you, Rick, that you're not going to be seeing me anymore. I said, well, why not? Mm. I said, why not, George? He said, well, I'll tell you why. He said, I am moving. I said, moving? Because his family is a fixture. They're from this area. Everybody knows the Cloonies here. And so I said, where are you going to move to, George? He says, I'm moving to California. I said, California? He said, yeah. I said, well, I... Do, do you have a job there? Are you going to be employed? He said, no, no, I, I, I don't have a job. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. But, however, my aunt has kindly consented to allow me to stay at her home rent-free, and she's going to help me Oof. get a job. And, of course, who's he talking about? He's talking about the legendary singer slash actress slash one of the Clooney sisters, Rosemary Clooney. Of course. And Rosemary allowed him to come over. He said, Rick, there's only one problem as I see it now. I said, well, what is that? He said, well, and let me clean this up. He said, he said well, I'm driving this old used piece of car and (laughs) and my aunt i don't want to embarrass her i cannot put my car in her driveway it would embarrass her it would embarrass her husband it would embarrass the whole family he says i think i'm i'm gonna have to park this this old car down a block maybe two blocks away on the street and then walk up but then he told me However, both my aunt and her husband, both of them, they get a brand new car every year. So maybe I can run in and get one of the used ones from them if I could, and we'll get rid of this old jalopy. And I said, George, do you know what the cost of living is in California? It's high. It was high back then. And it's, oh, it's skyrocketing. It's worse than that now. He said, oh, I'm well aware of that. Yes. I said, well, just so long as you get a job 
and do something. And you know what? Briany, I had no idea he wanted to to enter show business. He never told anybody. You know what he was? He was a young kid that used to play basketball. Oh, he loved to shoot the hoops and play basketball. And he worked part-time. He also worked uh, a little bit at a convenience store as as a clerk. And he was just... Hey, you have to make ends meet to you make it all happen. To you make, have to do so many things. Well, they robbed the place when he was not there. And his dad said, enough of this. The presenter, the television presenter said, I have had enough of this. And his dad would get into his car and meet the son at the store and sit there with him. And people would come in, and there would be his dad, the presenter, right next to him. Hey, Nick, how are you doing? And Nick would would hobnob with the community. But you know what? The reason he was there, he was going to protect his son. He wasn't going to let anything happen. And then his son got out of there. I never saw George Clooney again, other than when the press contacted me from London and then came over here. And I did do an interview with them, but it's a true story. Oh, and and my friend worked at a flower shop and got a phone call. Uh, Hello, this is George Clooney's office. And George was sending flowers to somebody here. And she was all, Mm. you know, up on cloud nine. It was George Clooney's office that had ordered the flowers. So, yeah, George has a strong community bond, although we don't really see him much other than he did a movie here and they taped it. Well, they filmed it, I should say, part of it up at the college, which is in Oxford, Ohio, not Oxford, England. He did it up at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. That's where he did a part of the filming. And then he comes back to see mom and dad, et cetera, et cetera. And so he's not forgotten his roots. And that is my George Clooney story. And it's true. And I really miss him. I've tried to get a hold of him. But since he had been married, I don't know if you know this, once before, and it did not last. It did not last at all. He openly admitted he was immature, not ready for marriage at that time, which I can go along with. I wasn't ready for it when I was his young age. And you know what? He is doing well. I'm very happy that finally, you're never going to believe it, Brianna, he found a job. (laughs) So that is it. So George Clooney, he's elusive, but I'm very proud of what he has accomplished because he is an individual, Brianna, that I don't need to read about in a magazine. I don't need other people to tell me stories about him like he is some untouchable person that I'll never meet, never talk to when he was a part of my life for years before he decided to do what his aunt Rosemary suggested and go to California. And 
He told me. Well, I mean, everyone, all of our heroes, we're all, you know, they're all human beings. And, and I think that when people say cautionary tales about meeting their heroes, I, I, I think that majority of the time is just that if, if something not great happens when you meet your hero, it's only because they're a human and they've just had a rough day. You know, I think that majority of the time these people are hardworking, talented, and they didn't get there for nothing. You know, they've not stayed there for nothing. So I'm not surprised. Right. Now, yes, his Aunt Rosemary, who was very well known as an actress, as a singer, as a big star, she did exercise a little artistic license and her knowledge of the Hollywood community out there in California. And she got him the auditions and she got him to appear. Mm -hmm. But you know what? She can't speak the lines for him. She can't come on the camera and pretend to be him. In the end, Brienne, don't you think that he actually made the career that he has just by being talented on his own? I think everyone does that make that get that stays there. I think getting there happens a number of ways. Staying there, you have to be good. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm just so proud of him. He became a superstar indeed. And it took him one, two, it took him at least seven, six or seven, I believe seven failed attempts to do things on the small screen on TV with a, a series that had a couple of episodes and died. Another series that didn't make it. They went off the air. Another one, eh, went off the air. And they kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then finally, he was with a, a series they had on the TV. It was called ER. And ER meant... Yes, I know of it. Yeah, of course. Right, where he played the part of a uh, staff at the uh, emergency room in a hospital. And it was that... I would also say that seven missed attempts, that is, that is still... Pretty, pretty good. I mean, I think that the number of the hundreds of missed attempts for for so many fantastically creative, talented, brilliant people, you know, it's learning how to get back up, dust yourself off and keep going. That's the big part of it. I've had guests come on who told me, Rick, if you are successful, you know what that means? That means you have failed somewhere along the way. And usually you've done that multiple times. Would you disagree with that? Absolutely not. I think it's absolutely right. I think it, um, it equips you with life experience, which makes you better as an actor at telling stories, as a singer at communicating uh, human experience. I think it all it all adds to it. All does. Very much so. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is coming to us from the United Kingdom. Brienne Perdue is incandescent they call you i think that means you light up <laughs> you light up you're incandescent and Brienne Purdue, ladies and gentlemen has a brand new single it is called vexed and it is impacting march 19 2022 this is rick flynn in the usa i am proud to be part of the usa slash uk team to help Brienne promote 
this brilliant single, which she wrote. It is called Vexed. I am going to have the music video for anyone to click on and watch right there on my Facebook pages, my Facebook page, Rick Flynn Presents, for the podcast, my personal page, Rick Flynn, if you'd like to get a hold of me there. Now, Brianny, let's say somebody would like to get a hold of you. They'd like to buy the single Vexed. They'd like to drop you a line. They'd like to see your website, etc., etc. What does a person do to get a hold of Brianny Purdue? You go to my website, Bryony Purdue, which is B-R-Y-O-N-Y-P-U-R-D-U-E, com. You can find the single, which is, and the two other tracks from the EP. The EP is by the same name, Vexed. You can find those three tracks on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, a lot. Uh, the best way to get it for me is Bandcamp because as far as streams go on Spotify, it's great that you can listen to it. But on Bandcamp, you can download it, which means you can listen to it anywhere you go. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can do so through my website, as I say, www.bryonypurdue.com or through my Instagram at Life of Bryony, which is a little, little Monty Python joke there. Right, right. And it is a remarkable single. And I would be not telling you the truth, Bryony, if I told you that I've listened to that, I think, 20 times. And I'm not exaggerating. Oh, I, I've wonderful. listened to it. Oh, I've listened to it again and again on multiple days. And it is a catchy song. That is why I wanted to help you promote it because I just feel the, oh, I believe in this adage, the adage, less is more. That's for sure. Have you ever heard of that? Of course I have. And working occasionally in cabaret, it's um, it's not always advice that we take, but it's a good one to have in the arsenal. Absolutely. The single, everyone, <laughs> is vexed. And you, you're saying, you'll have me, I'm vexed, mama, about what you've done, but yet you have a good relationship with your mom. Is this a fictitious story or is it true to life? Oh, it's just the, um, as I say, I was listening to lots of blues music at the time that I wrote it and there's a feature, the mama. So it's more the um, the mentor, the when you look at life and you sort of throw your hands up at the sky and go, what am I doing? You go, mama, you don't necessarily direct it at, your, at my actual, at my actual mum because She's a she's a gem. That would be untrue. All right. Now, she's a singer or no? No. My, well, she does sing. She's got a lovely voice. But no, uh, my, my parents are both medics. Oh, your dad is not a musician either. No, no. This is, uh, as I say, they've both got lovely voices. But um, no, this is, I'm the first one to make a career in the performing arts. Oh, in other words, you're the black sheep of the family. Is that it? Indeed I am. And proud oh. to be so. All righty. When I was growing up in the mid-60s, we had a group that had a song, and it's too late to say you're sorry. How would I know? Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her. She's not there. She's not there. And they were <laughs> called the zombies. Is that the same oh, yeah. zombies that you like, or are you influenced by another group that has that same name? 
That is the zombies that I like, yeah, time of the season, all sorts of veterans. They've just got a whole sound which is wistful and, as you say, less is more but catchy and their lyrics are really great. Oh, absolutely. There's a time of the season for love. I remember the zombies and you have stated publicly that you are influenced and you still listen to them to this day. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And the velvet... When I do uh, covers... And you liked uh, the Velvet Underground, who used to perform with a character we had out of New York over here named Lou Reed. Oh, yes. Oh, Lou Reed, Transformer. He's a, he's a character. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely he is. But another reason I was kind of curious about you is that you have written, I am told, with a gal by the name of Tommy Lee Brown? Tommy Ray Brown. Tommy Ray. I was working with her. Yeah, Tommy Ray. Right. You have written with a gal um, named Tommy Ray Brown. Who is she and how did she enter your life? Tommy Ray is a phenomenal soul singer and her surname is because she was married to James Brown, the godfather of soul. And she now lives in London and we met on the circuit in town and she is a very generous and kind person who has been been very encouraging with me and what I'm doing and she's she's performing quite a lot at the moment with the urban voodoo machine she's doing her own thing and it's it's um the co-writing is the backing vocals and the big sweeping bits in the background the songs that she's written are uh, they're really they're hers and uh, and her teams but you know I've joined and guested on some of that so it's been great So is she actually a member of a UK performing troupe right now? She's joining the Urban Voodoo Machine, who are pretty well known over here. She's joining them quite a lot at the moment. Who is the, I believe his name is Jamie Brown. Would that be the son of James Brown? No, but actually, funnily enough, James Brown's son is also called James Brown. So the reason I've made sure that it's clear that this is Jamie. Uh, Jamie is the producer who did the the, uh, the production, and we co-wrote the EP together. Okay, very good. EP, ladies and gentlemen, that's Extended Play. It's not quite an album, because an album is usually going to give you 10 or 12 or so songs on it. An EP is what we played a lot in the nightclubs because it looks like an album on vinyl. It is the same size as a 12-inch, but you get two, three singles, maybe an extended play song on one side and two perhaps on the other. You could get three on each side. Uh, of the same songs, but different versions. How is your EP laid out? Do you have an extended play on, for example, Vexed, and then two others on the reverse side, or is it one, two, three on one side of the record? EP is merely the sort of convenient way of wording the fact that it's not an album and nor is it a single. So it's not been put on vinyl as yet because the way that the industry works nowadays is so much as digital. I do actually work in a record store at the weekend, um, Casbah Records in Greenwich, the best record store in the world, in my opinion. Um, But the EP is merely just a way of sort of phrasing, this is not a single, this is not an album yet, but there is more than one track. So it's three tracks available digitally at the moment uh, across all the platforms and uh, via my website if you'd like the shortcut. Okay, so you can download it then, right? Absolutely. 
All righty. Well, before your time, when, when, when you were a young child singing classical and taking lessons, I'm sure, we had EPs that were vinyl, and they called them 12-inch singles or 12-inch dance singles, or some might call them disco singles or whatever have you. I'm sure you've seen or heard of them. I do, I do work in a record store at the moment, as I say. I oh, work you in a sell vinyl them. store now, so I, I do sell them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, I do know about them. <laughs> oh, we, that's all we played in the nightclub. And the reason why is because when you have an extended play single like that, the deeper the bass, the wider the groove. So if you take the size 12-inch vinyl and you put one song on there, and you're interested in playing that record, that song, to a lot, hundreds of people at once, at the same time. You want the best quality you can get. And boy, you can get some excellent quality on those EPs or extended play or 12-inch singles. And your record, with as nicely as it has been produced, boy, it would sound fabulous on there. Although the... It's uh, the hope. That is the hope. Yo, it would be great. The jocks would love it. I just wish <laughs> you so much success because it is a well-written, it is a well-produced single. It is called Vexed, everybody. V-E-X-E-D. It is by Bryony Purdue. And the press is saying that you are incandescent. So is that true? Do you light up at night? <laughs> I light up all the time, Rick. What's <laughs> the point in not? There we go. Now, another thing, I don't know if you're aware of this. I'll bet you you probably are. But right next to the state in the uh, Midwest USA, where I'm in Ohio, right next to us is a state called Indiana. In Indiana, mm -hmm. there is a town called East Lafayette. Lafayette, Louisiana has a Lafayette, but I'm not talking about there. This is Lafayette, Indiana, and that is the home of a very well-known and highly accredited college called Purdue University. Has anybody ever told you that? They have, and some friends that have visited, a couple of people have brought back hoodies, um, you know, jumpers from there. So I've actually got a Purdue University uh, jumper, um, and I'm a Purdue, so I walk around and I can be me times two. It's great. Oh, I think that's marvelous. I think it's marvelous. What are people telling you about Vexed? I'm getting some great feedback about how it sounds like something which has come through a series of different listening experiences. So you can hear that I love 70s music. You can hear that I wanted live strings. You can hear that I like the blues. And I think that the combination of all of those things produced using the fantastic microphone and equipment that was used at the studio with Jamie Brown, all of that put together with the musicians that got onto the EP created a whole other sound of its own, which has all the influences that I love from the 70s with a bit of the sort of 90s pop edge because I did grow up then. And then I've brought out through the, uh, as we are in 2022 now, but we're out now. So it's sort of updated version of it, which is always the aim to, to use the influences because of the music that I love. So I'm really pleased with how it's come out. Oh, absolutely. As you should be. It is a very good single. I highly recommend that you get it. And I highly recommend get the download version where you can actually keep it 
and then listen to it again and again and again like I did. It's just a remarkable single. It's brilliant. I'm very, very pleased with Bryony Purdue for producing this. And is this your first venture, so to speak, on a national level to get the attention of your own single, or have you tried others before? It's the first one, and it's just it feels like it's right at the right time. I've really got a lot of gigs coming up. I've got various shows that I can do, vexed at with my band. It feels like the last couple of years with COVID has meant that the performing world has been slowed down so much, and I'm just so ready because team I've got behind me are making stuff happen, making stuff move. The fact that you have been kind enough to promote it over in the States, it's really, it's all, it feels like, I'm on the crest of a wave, and I look forward to seeing where this all goes. Bryony, I couldn't be more pleased to help you. When they offered me the opportunity, I jumped on the bandwagon because it is a quality piece of work. I am happy to tell the masses. Ladies and gentlemen, I listen to all kinds of brand new singles, most of which get turned away because I... I cannot promote everything. I'm only one person. But when I accept something, I accept something which I personally enjoy, which I think the masses would enjoy. And this is a song which I will stand behind. It is clever. It is well-written. It is extremely well-sung. I'm really kind of glad that you have a great relationship with your own mother because I was hoping (laughs) that the darn thing was not a condemnation of your relationship with your family because you're saying, I'm vexed, mama, at what you've done. And I'm glad that's a fictitious mama there. And an old blues type (laughs) reference. Yes. Tell mom, I'm glad. Glad everything between you and her is all right. (laughs) I will, Rick. Thank you so much. Thank you. Another thing, you have, I understand, been a fan of one of the classic singers. Somebody told me, ask her about Barbara Streisand. And boy, there are some (laughs) tall shoes to fill there. How did you get into Barbara Streisand music? You know, the mother that we were talking about, my actual one, well, she absolutely loved Barbara. And I watched Funny Girl when I was a girl with my mum and my grandmother. And I was just bowled over. And Yentl as well, which is much less well known. The, the music, the performance, the singing, the fact that she directed that. She's a woman in the industry, not only performing her own Stuff, but getting other collaborations, people to write things for her. And then she can turn around and direct and produce a movie as well. I mean, pretty inspirational stuff. Um, I went and saw her at Hyde Park a couple of years ago because she was over here. And the minute she opened her mouth to sing, it was the voice that she's always had. And I just burst into tears. She's just got this amazing instrument. And if you feel so inspired by someone's voice that you feel you have to sing and you feel you want to cultivate, voice of your own, then really, you cannot ask for more from an artist. She is spectacular, in a word. <laughs> that 
That is a pretty good descriptive term for her. Just spectacular. Barbara Streisand, one of the classic singers of all time. You also said you're still listening to the zombies and other acts from the 60s, the 70s. What other 70s acts are on your mind these days? Oh, well, I cannot, I couldn't go any further without mentioning Fleetwood Mac, uh, Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac, as well as the uh, the latest stuff. I mean, I do sing a lot of the Rumours album when I, I've got a tour with whom I do that around uh, around the UK when I'm not seeing my own stuff. So, I mean, all of the stuff from that time, because I work in the record store in Casbah Records, we listen to such a variety of punk and post-punk and 70s acoustic and there are so many artists and even earlier than that, Matt Monroe, all these fantastic singers who just shaped the music industry and how local music is listened to and enjoyed and so all of them have fed in very much well fleetwood mac a mick fleetwood and of course stevie nicks stevie nicks as you know she sang with tom petty too she did in fact in the version of uh, learning to fly that i was uh, i was sent as a reference point yesterday for this recording i was doing so i listened to her singing that with tom petty just yesterday uh, there you go. Now, The Clash, didn't they do a song, Rockin' the Casbah, Rockin' the Casbah? I believe that was The Clash. Rock the Casbah is an absolute tune. And indeed, Rock the Casbah was indeed The Clash. Absolutely. We listen to it most Saturdays just to uh, just to keep humble and remember that we are The Casbah. Right. That is not in reference to your record store or no? Yeah, yeah. The, ca- the record store is called The Casbah. The so Casbah did they write the song or like when you walk in you would hear it playing uh, no i think that the uh, record store named themselves because of the track oh okay the reverse i've got it now there all righty i'm a little older than you my brain probably is a little slower than yours bryony but you know what i know good quality material after all these years and you've got it right there with your new single vexed everybody it is available right now for download bryony purdue from the uk the single will be impacting march 19th 2022 we are delighted to have this this brilliant young performer on and Bryony, what is next for you are you just going to keep writing you're going to i know you've got tour dates here all over the place are they uh gonna book you up on a tour that's perhaps a longer or are you happy right now where you are I have to say I do love the way my life is at the moment, but I'm always hungry for more. And the team that I've got behind me are very keen, and I agree that we get out and perform this as much as we can. There are a couple of bands that um, that I know that I can go and sort of join on with and do some support and then also headline. And I think that the last couple of years with COVID has meant that performing and radio sessions live in studio have become pretty thin on the ground. So as the world readjusts to being more like it was before, I am sure we will get some more tour dates in. And in the meantime, I am writing. I am making new stuff. And the new stuff, Rick, it is good stuff. And will you promise me that you'll keep your feet firmly planted 
on the ground because I'm loving that quality about you. Yes, you're in the business. Yes, you've got quality material, but it seems to me like your head is pretty well screwed on right. You've not let any of this change you, I hope. Well, no, I think that, I mean, I'm still at the beginning of it all, but I think that I've been working in the industry doing doing this for long enough that still about the work and doing the work and making sure that music is written and it's just impossible to get by in a day without being nice to everyone around you so that is a promise I think I can hand on heart make that I've got good friends and family who can give me a clip around the ear if I need it but I think generally speaking um, I'd rather be happy and around good people than you know sort of come to the curb or anything like that so I think that I think that keeping my head firmly screwed on is well and truly part of the plan. Absolutely. Bryony Perdue, ladies and gentlemen, they say she is incandescent with talent. Her new single is Vexed. We are delighted to promote this quality work. It will be right on the video version of our Rick Flynn Presents Facebook page and my personal page, Rick Flynn on Facebook. Now, once again, Bryony, before we get out of here, will you please tell the public how they are going to purchase your single? That's the first thing. And secondly, how they can drop you a line and say hello. If you want to find the single, you can go to my website, which is www.bryonyperdue.com, B-R-Y-O-N-Y-P-U-R-D-U-E. You can also drop me a line through there to say hi. And if you want to download the single, it's available on Bandcamp, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, across all the platforms that you could possibly imagine. And if you want to say hi via Instagram, my Instagram is Life of Bryony. So Life of B-R-Y-O-N-Y. And I would love to hear from you. I love the States. I've visited some friends in New York, in Greenwich. I went from one Greenwich to the other. And I've only great things to say about the States. So I would love to hear from you. Yes, Greenwich Village, New York. It is truly what they call an international city. Will I get a ride on from you to that? Right on. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and Las Vegas. Next time you're here, try to go to Las Vegas. That's another international city. Not quite as big, but boy, it is a spectacular place. But it's a lot different than New York. You're right out in the desert, and it's so, so hot. I, I can't. I have to leave the hotel into a cab, and I cannot be out there in the desert. It's like roasting your body in an oven. It's so bad. <laughs> Perhaps Barbara Streisand will be performing there again, and I can kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. I can see Barbara Streisand in Vegas. That would be the dream. Right. How about Elvis? Did you ever listen to Elvis? Yes, I did. There's actually, I've got, I've got a plan cooking with a track of his, which is not, it's not one of his best known, but I've got a plan. Oh, okay. So I will leave that as a little cliffhanger. Oh, that is excellent. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a delight to have this spectacular new talent from the UK who sang Ave Maria on the commercial that George Clooney was in. Now, what was the commercial for? Was it for a bakery? And the reason reason I ask this, Bryony, is because that bakery, we don't have them across the pond. I believe that's strictly a UK situation. Who were they and what do they do? 
yes, as I as I think I might have rushed over it when I said it. The Warburton's Bread Company. So they they do all kinds of bakery, but it's uh, it's mainly bread. And the number of bread puns that I ended up coming up with last year to just get a rise out of everyone. Um, it's uh, <laughs> really I should be stopped. I should be stopped. Uh, so the Warburton's Bread Company were the um, company here, and they are a local UK company. And they got Robert De Niro on a previous advert, and they've had George Clooney on the latest one. So I am in good company on that one. Boy, isn't that the truth? And to date, right now, unfortunately, you've yet to meet George and shake his hand in person. Indeed. But, uh, but I mean, I'm open to it if he is. I mean, I'm sure I could make myself available. Oh, all right. I'll tell you what. Give him my regards. Tell him Rick from the conservatory, one of his favorite DJs, is asking about him. And we absolutely love George Clooney. His parents, Nick and Nina, are just spectacular people. They're pillars of the community in which I live. I am a better person just by having met them, much less uh, being the same. Uh, I'm going to tell you very briefly. It'll take me 30 seconds. They brought me into Procter & Gamble, which is a major corporation, produces a lot of things. I wasn't even allowed to talk Mm -hmm. about what they used my voice on. I was sworn contractually not to mention it, but at any rate, they said, well, here, we're going to use your voice, sir, but let us let me play you what we did last year, so-and-so. And they put on the tape. This is back in the tape days. And now this is what went down last year. We'd like you to do something like this. And who did they play in the studio for me, just privately? The engineer, me, and him. It was George's dad, Nick Clooney. Yes, (laughs) they had brought him in to do a voice. And it was at that point right there. I said, well, you know what? (laughs) It was right then and there. I kind of knew that I sort of had made it in the industry. You know what I mean? Yeah, these moments are important to mark and celebrate. That's great. Absolutely. Now, that was one of the highlights. And then, of course, the most brilliant occasion of all was talking with young Bryony Purdue to promote Vexed, the brand new single. Now, how do you feel about that? Honestly, so thrilling to be being promoted in the U.S., which I love, from the U.K. all the way over here, having a chat with you, Rick. I could not appreciate the time you spent helping me out here. And really, I'm incredibly grateful for all of your kind words and encouragement. And I hope that we get to speak again down the line as things develop. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today from the U.K., Bryony Purdue. Her new single is Vexed. It will be impacting March 19th, 2022. We thank her so very much for appearing all the way in the UK. Go to her website, pick up the download, and try to get the download where you can listen to it multiple times like I have. That's what I personally have, and I just love it. It is a brilliant single. Thank you to Bryony. Good luck as she pursues her wonderful career with her management team. It is a pleasure to have been one of the UK slash USA personalities 
to help Bryony promote this wonderful material. This is Rick Flynn speaking. It's been fun, but I've got to run. Thank you, everyone. And on behalf of myself and Bryony Purdue, we'll see you on the next show. Good night. It feels like I'm on the crest of a wave, and I look forward to seeing where this all goes. The preceding was a Rick Flynn production. This is your announcer, Chantal Marie speaking.